This is a podcast from SPH Radio. The Love Coaching Project is a community-based cat rescue group located in Singapore, established in 2009. They rescue and rehabilitate sick and injured community cats and promote the love of cats as companion animals through cat therapy. Aren't cats too haughty and independent to provide pet-assisted therapy, you say? Well, just like humans, you have to find the right one to help. It's not about breed or even species. Camilia Ghani and her meow friends Aiko and Simba have been spreading joy to the elderly and the young for five years. And she loves it. The meows love it too. Thanks for joining us today, Cam. Thank you for having me. So have you always had cats in your life? Other pets as well, maybe? Well, I only started having cats when I was in poly. But I remember when I was growing up, my house, we, we always have pets in the house, but never cats. My gr- late granddad, he used to keep fishes and also birds. So yeah, one day when, you know, I mean, fishes doesn't live long, right? So he stopped keeping fishes after that. And then after that, he, he started keeping birds. But when his last bird flew away, <gasps> he, he stopped. Oh. You know, I remember we don't have any pets for, for a period. As I was growing up, we started having rabbits and hamsters. But I really, really wanted a cat. But my mom was like, no. Because there's always this stigma that... Because my whole family, me, my mom and my siblings, we have asthma. Mm. So, yeah, she didn't really allow me to have cat. Because, yeah, the fur and everything, you know, is going to cause you to have more asthmatic attack. But those are separate, right? For example, I'm allergic to cat. I don't have asthma, but I'm allergic to cats. So, so that's weird, right? And it, then it's, it's just because you have asthma doesn't necessarily mean you'll be allergic to cats. Yeah, that's the misconception people have. Oh. So when I was in poly, I was I, I told one of my friends I really, really, really wanted a cat. So somehow she managed to rescue a kitten. So she was like, go and yeah, take this kitten, you. bring it home. <laughs> yeah, just tell your mother you're fostering it. That's what happened. So I was I told my mom I was fostering the kitten. And then, yeah, the kitten never got adopted out. So that was actually my first cat. I'm finding this to be quite a common story. Yeah. When I was a kid, I got myself a bunny. I mean, I bought it, unfortunately. Took Mm -mm. my allowance, went to buy a bunny, and then lied to my mom, told her, oh, it's a school science thing. I have to take care of it. It's part of, you know, project. (laughs) Then after 10 years, the bunny is still there. Yeah. It's quite a common story. So every time I bring home a cat, right, or a kitten that I'm fostering, my mom will be like, um, is this going to be a temporary resident or a permanent resident? So now she knows that she, she's okay with it now. She loves. Weirdly, uh, we don't have any asthma attack after, ever since we, we have cats. No one's allergic to cats, right? Yeah, no one no. is allergic to cats. But I realized that I'm allergic to certain cats, but not my oh. cats at home. Only to, to certain cats. What yeah. happens though? When I was in Australia, I met this breed of cat, the Burmese cat, okay. which I've never met in Singapore. So that was the first time I have, I had a very bad reaction. That They're very pretty gave... though, the Burmese. They yeah, look like... they look more like a British blue. I don't think you, we can find it in Singapore. Yeah, so that was the one experience I had. So they gave me a very bad reaction that my childhood asthma came back. So that, that's how I know I'm allergic to Burmese. Because a few of my friends in, in Australia do have Burmese and I always have the same reaction. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Yeah. Because I know I'm allergic to cats full stop. But oh. then because I spend so much time with my cat, Mm-mm. it gets better. But then yeah. as soon as you go to a cattery or you go volunteer at the SPCA and clean up the cat's it's... area, boom. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. 
So, so does the cat the, to cat, I think. I don't know about breed, but it's from cat to cat, right? I don't know, because when I'm volunteering at the shelter, I don't get any allergic reaction. So you're so breed specific? Oh no. <laughs> Could be, yeah. I'm, I might have to meet other breeds to see whether I'm allergic to them. As long as, as it's... It's manageable. It, it's manageable, I guess it's fine. Okay, so that yeah. started your love affair with cats. So this yeah. little kitten came to stay. What was her name? Do you think uh, you then would say this is the pet you remember most? Because she's my first cat, yeah. we call her Chomot. Chomot means messy in, in, in Malay. So you won't Poor believe thing. it. It's actually my mom who gave the name. My mom who doesn't want me to have cats. She passed away in 2018. Oh, yeah, so due to old age. So yeah, she had a great life. Oh, people she, always she remember seventeen. first loves. Yeah. And then so, moms always pretend that they don't care. But oh, they yeah, care the most. So, so now my mom will be like, ah, oh, you guys are out at work. You know, you guys come home late. There's always the cats keeping me company. Why do I need my, my kids? I was like, okay. <laughs> How did you get into then animal welfare, animal rescue, and the Love Coaching Project? Okay, so back then, I've always wanted to volunteer, but it's just that I've never had the time, or probably it's just a, a very bad excuse. Because I was working like a 12-hour shift, it gets quite tiring because your off days, you would rather sleep. Then I quit my job, I went for my studies. When I was doing my studies, I was actually volunteering on my like free time at the animal hospital. This was back in Australia. So I kind of enjoyed what I was doing, you know, the volunteering part. So I was telling myself when I get back to Singapore, this would be something that I would want to continue. Mm. So when I got back, so I was like, okay, let's do this, you know, fresh grad, haven't, haven't got a job, free time, so let's just do some volunteering. So do you think I, you're fresh-faced and excited? Yeah. Do you think Plus over time it has ever diminished some? Not really though, because oh. it's something that I really enjoy doing. So this was like about five years ago, when, when I was like googling on places, you know, cat uh, shelters to, to volunteer, and then I stumbled upon Love Cushing Project. Because like all the shelters back then was like all the way in Pasir Ris. I was like, how am I supposed to get to Pasir Ris, right? Mm, some of these are practical considerations, right? Yeah, mm. so I didn't want to waste my time with the traveling and stuff. So I stumbled upon Love Kuching, which was pretty much accessible, although they are still in the East. So yeah, that was like about 2013, 2014 when I, when I started volunteering with them. Mm, tell us more about it because it's not just your regular taking care of cats type of outfit. You guys do cat therapy. That's something we haven't really heard much about. Dog oh. therapy, sure. And I think in some other countries, they might use horses or generally mm -hmm. animals which are calmer. I'm not saying cats aren't calm, mm -mm. but cats are really bored up. Uh, yeah, they, they, they work when they want to, like like how they will go to you when they need food, but once yeah. they are full, they'll be so, like, uh, I don't care about you. Not everyone likes that sort of characteristic of cats. They're not very showy with their affection. Oh, uh, yeah, that's so, true. Tell us how the whole cat therapy works. So I started off with Love Coaching Project just as a normal volunteer, you know, go to the shelter, you know, clean the cage, clean the mess. Scoop poop. Scoop poop, you know, feed the cats. <laughs> So at the end of the day, after you are done with all your hard work, you know, you can get to play with kittens, you can get play to play with cats. Why not, right? Ah, that is the reward. Yeah, that's the reward at the end of the day. Then the founder of Love Coaching Project, she, she always has this idea of cat therapy because she knew that cat therapy does exist but not in Singapore. I think they, they do have it overseas, like in the US and stuff like that. So she wants to bring in cat therapy. So she, she did ask me whether I want to take up this project, yeah, because she needs volunteers. Volunteer who is committed to just take up this project. So, so what exactly is it that a human volunteer would do? I imagine it's the cat doing all the work. 
So yeah, what are just, you guys so do? So the humans are just a slave. So human mm-hmm. just, you know, be there handling the cat. But actually, during a cat therapy session, right, we can call the cat as a communication tool to start a conversation with the elderly. So What is you know, it that they use? The purring. Okay, so like some of the residents, they do have cats back home. And then now that they are like in the nursing home, they don't have cats, so they miss their cats. Mm. So when we are there... It becomes a starting tool. Has it starts off as a conversation where where they will just tell you, oh, you know, I used to have cat back then. Now I don't have cat. I miss my cat. So they tend to open up more when you have cats. Mm. So that's how you try to engage the residents to try and communicate with you and try to open up because a lot of the residents are pretty much reserved and they don't really want to chat or they. They don't want to do anything. But when we come with our cats, right, you can see that they kind of like lighten up a bit. Mm. You start to see them smiling and you start to see them opening up even more. So from a conversation starting about cats, they will open up about their family, you know, about the history, their history. So that's how cat kind of help in a way. So full disclosure, yeah. I love cats. Mm-mm. So I'm curious about how a cat is then selected because all of my encounters with cats, cats, sure, each cat is different from yep. breed mm-hmm. to individual cat. Each one is different. My cat Mm-mm. is not the most affectionate. It took her a long time to let us touch her, let us carry her. Might be because she was a stray. How then does one select or figure out which cats might be suitable to be a therapy cat? So when somebody approached me and asked whether their cat um, is suitable for therapy, I would actually ask them, how are the cats when, when you have visitors at home? You know, that, that is always a first indicator whether the cat comfortable because oh. if the cats are at home, it's their own space. If they are not going to be comfortable in their own space with stranger. I don't think they're going to be comfortable outside with stranger. In a strange place, right? Yeah, in a strange place. Oh, yeah. forget it. My cat under the bed. So if your cats are, your, if your cat visitors <laughs> are going, you know, you have visitors coming and then they'll be out like about, I would suggest to give it a try. Mm. But cats being cats, they rather have their own space. They are more comfortable at home as compared to, to being outside. It's like a trial and error. So I would just ask the volunteer to just bring the cat, give it a go. So if the cats like it, they will like it. If they don't, yeah, they don't. Yeah, How can so you tell if they're, say, comfortable with being in a strange place and with strangers as well? Okay, if they so don't like it, they'll probably just walk away, run away or something. If they don't like it, they will just like refuse to come out from their, their carrier. Right. Sometimes you will just bring the cat out. So if they go back running into their carrier, you know that they are not enjoying it. But if you bring the cat out and then you place it next to a, a, a resident, right? And then they just like, chill you know i'm all right with it i'm okay so yeah that's a good <laughs> indication that yeah that they are enjoying it i can't really say like whether your cat is suitable or not you just yeah it's, you just it's, have to try how you long, just have to try how many times should you try because i don't think it's inconceivable say the first time you take what you thought was your very outgoing cat for a session that they don't want to come out should you try again how often when i started off i actually bring my own cat um, because then she was a kitten so kitten is really like ah oh, whatever you know like the, those bochap kind you know you bring me anywhere also I will follow she didn't really like it but she didn't totally say no she kind of like she's curious but you know like to do this or not to do this so I give it another two or three more time then she got a bit comfortable it's all up to the owner they know the cat better for me I know that my cat can do it so I, I'm willing to give it 
a few more goals. But if I think that my cat can't do it, then I don't think I would want to force it because I don't want to associate like, you know, bringing a cat out for the cat, right? It's going to be something horrible. Mm. Cat to remember. Yeah. yeah. And then you have to give apology kibble after that. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk us through how each session looks like. Um, our clients are mostly the resident at the nursing homes and right. we also go to special needs centres and homes. You know, there's a variety of clients that we see, the, yeah, the elderly and the very young ones. So what happens with the elderly is if, let's say, the, the residents are bed-bound, we will actually bring the cat to the resident. You put the cat next to the resident, you know, you let the resident touch the cat, pet the cat. But most of the time, we try to ask the cat to play, but it never works unless you, you bring a kitten. But that's also very subjective. So it's like, you, you can't, you won't know what, how, how the cat will behave. So you just, you just go, go with the flow, you see. Yeah, I that, imagine the resident might just want to pet the cat. Yeah, most of them there. just wants to pet the cat. But sometimes we encourage the resident to, you know, hold a brush to just brush the cat, you know, for them to just move Aww. a bit. Spa session. Yeah, so some of the cats do enjoy it. So it's a win-win situation, the cat enjoying the spa and the, the resident, you know, being a bit more mobile with their hands. So that's basically how a, a session goes. What's the training needed for the human for the volunteers, I just tell them to just go with an open mind. Make a session at a nursing home just, you know, because it's all the elderly. Like, don't treat them differently, right? Just don't treat, yeah, just communicate with them like how you communicate with your grandparents, your grandfather. I just tell them to just go with an open mind. Yeah, just treat everyone the same. Don't, just because they are at nursing home, they are different. That's how I actually prepare them though. I would just preempt them and, and, and just describe to them how, how, how the residents are so that they are just going to be a bit mentally prepared. They just have to be comfortable around the elderly. Yeah. So five years in, what would you say is the best thing about what you're doing? Five years, oh, the best thing about what I'm doing. I guess at the end of the day, right, when, when the residents come to you and thank you for being there and then you see them smiling and then you them telling you, you know what, I'm looking forward for the next session. I guess that's the best thing that I get from volunteering. And then for them to remember you, yeah, that's very, very heartwarming. Yeah. Because one would imagine they'd remember the cat, not you. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, they do remember the cat. Sometimes you, when I bring different cat, they'll be like, oh, where is that black cat? Or where's that white cat? They, they do remember, which is good. Seeing them happy at the end of the session. What about the worst thing about volunteering? The worst thing about volunteering? Uh, well, uh, of course, uh, when you are working, working with the elderly, there is always this scary thought in your head that the next, probably the next week that you are going to be there, is the elderly going to Will be there? Will they be there? Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's that's the downside about volunteering in in, in nursing home. What yeah. about though advice to people who would like to volunteer more? I guess to me, it's just about volunteering is actually a passion and it's also a commitment. If, if your heart is not there, I guess you wouldn't want to make time for it. It goes back to this question of like, is this what you want to do in the long run? If there is something that you really, really want to do, just go for it. Just get onto it. Just on your laptop, Google and yeah. So just give it a go. Give it a try. See if you enjoy it or not. What are your hopes for the Love Coaching Project? Are there other places you'd like to take the cats to to volunteer? Another sad thing about uh, volunteering is I always get requests from hospital, from nursing home, from centres asking us whether we can come down and conduct a therapy session with them. 
but most of the time I have to reject. So that's one of the, the downside because for the therapy team, we not only need humans, we also need human with cats. So if there's no cats, we can't even conduct a session. And I don't have enough volunteers to conduct more sessions. So the volunteers come with their cats. If we have kittens in the, in the shelter, I will bring them out. But most of the time, I would encourage the volunteers to bring their own cat because the volunteer know their cat better. And then they know how oh, to handle true. the cat. That's true, whether better. or not the cat has had enough maybe for the day. Yes. So it must be challenging to reach out to people to see if their cats are, first of all, suitable, and second of all, if they're available to help out. Yes, correct. Yeah. It's always it's always hard to get to get volunteers. So I'm just hoping, you know, down the road there's more cat people who are willing to give this a go. So I can open up more sessions. I would really love to work with a hospice though. Because we have worked because I with, imagine they would need some joy in their lives, yeah. Uh, yes, correct, yeah, and some uh, comfort. Because we have worked with nursing homes, community hospital, but we have never worked with with a hospice. What keeps you going then, Cam? What keeps me going? I guess it's just the love. It it does get tiring at some point. Like like I'm questioning myself, like why am I doing this? But I guess what keeps me going is the residents, the, the people that we meet, and then. The volunteers who commit their weekend with me, I guess that keeps me going. Definitely enjoying what I'm doing every weekend. Yeah, that, that keeps me going. How do you I mean, manage your time? Lucky me, I'm self-employed. So my, my hours are, are, are pretty flexible. So, oh, but we still only have 24, Cam, in a day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but our, our therapy sessions are mostly on Saturdays. Saturdays, my friend don't really disturb me because I've already made it known that Saturday is my volunteering day. Yeah, I prioritize my time on, on, on a Saturday. If there is a need to meet my friends, I will just meet them after I'm done. We used to have therapy session on weekdays as well. I would just have to inform my boss that, you know, on this day, at this timing, I'm just going to be doing my volunteering job. He was very, very supportive about it. Help us debunk some myths about cats. People will always question me, like, are you sure that cats make, uh, make um, a, go a good therapy, therapy animal? But uh, different cats have different characteristics. So you can't it's about finding the right cat. Yeah, it's right? just about finding the right cat. There's no such thing as none of the cats are suitable. If cats are not, not suitable for, for therapy, we wouldn't have lasted this long, you see. The cat therapy team has been around for about six years. People are beginning to see the positive side of cat therapy, like how cats can really help you. I guess, yeah, we are doing something right here. Other memorable sessions that you've been a part of? We've got invited once to a preschool. Yeah, just to educate the, the, the kids about, you know, Oh no, kids are enthusiastic. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. cats don't take to that kind of energy. Yeah, so we were invited to a preschool to just give a, a sharing session and I was like, oh my god, kids, they're going to be like so hyper. But I guess they really ask interesting questions. So I guess, yeah, that was one of the, the, the memorable ones. Like, I remember this, this boy was asking me, how do you know that the cat wants to sleep? How do you know that the cat is hungry? You know, that this kind of uh, cute questions that you can never get from any other sessions. Mm. Yeah. How can yep. you tell? They just want to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I can't tell that to a kid, right? Yeah. So you just have to play along with them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've had such a great time talking to you, Cam. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I'm not working. <laughs> yeah, that's Tyrant saying goodbye. <laughs> All right, thank you. 
If you and your meow friend would like to take part in the Love Kuching Project, you can check out their website, lovekuchingproject.org. Thanks for staying tuned. I'm Howie Lim. This podcast has fur and other coverings. Is a production of SPH Radio. It's hosted and produced by Howie Lim from Money FM 89.3. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcast, and streaming on Google Home.